Hey friends, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Off the Bench podcast. Today is Mailbox Monday and I'm gonna spend the next little bit of time answering listener questions and you guys sent some good ones in. As usual, stick around. I think you're gonna be encouraged. Well, thank you guys for listening today. I am always so just encouraged. I know I tell you guys this, but I feel like I, I need, I'm going to keep saying it. So you'll keep sending me your questions. I love the questions that you're sending in. It tells me that you're considering what's uh, happening in your schools, what's happening in the lives of your children. It tells me you're getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. And it makes me a hundred different kinds of happy to be able to spend this time with you and to answer your questions and really just to connect with you on a level that I wouldn't be able to do any other way. So thank you for sending your questions in. I want to tell you a story today. So I'm, I'm really excited about this because it reminds me that the little things that we do every day are actually making a difference. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the things that that you do in your everyday life that you think maybe isn't touching a life or maybe just doesn't matter at all. Maybe it's just a, you know, maybe it's a net, I don't know, zero on the, the grand scheme of things. Well, several weeks ago, I was speaking at a conference and a woman, a local conference, and a woman came up to me and she said about 12 years ago, I bought some big fluffy green couches from you off of Facebook Marketplace. And I was like, big fluffy green. Oh, I do remember that. She said, I came to your house. I got the the couches. I actually, you know, she. I think she said maybe I ended up giving just giving them to her. And she said, you know, she's gone through the couches now and they're living in somebody else's home. But she said, you gave me a copy of what would have been a brand new book at the time, Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All This in You for Your Family and Your Faith. And she said, that book changed my life. And she just started crying. And she said, I'd like you to meet my friends whose lives have been changed because God used you to change my life. And these are my friends. And she introduced me to her friends. And I'm telling you guys, I do not think that in, I don't know, 27 years now of speaking, that I've ever been more encouraged than I was in that moment by that woman who I sold couches to or gave couches to off of Facebook Marketplace. You just never know whose life your life is impacting. And that's the reason that we're here, right? So that God will do something with our lives. We're not here by accident. We're here on purpose, with a purpose, just like my friend Abraham said on the podcast recently, We could have been born at any time in history, but God in his divine providence said, your time is now. Your time is now. And I'm just so encouraged by hearing from you because I recognize that the Lord, the Holy Spirit is doing something really powerful in the lives of many of his people right now and a whole bunch of the ones that listen to the podcast. So I'm very excited about that. I cannot stress enough for you guys how thrilled I am to be able to bring my women's conference shine uh, to Vancouver, which we haven't done for a a long, long time now. And my life's verse is found in the book of Psalms. And it says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so at work. Let us say so in the marketplace. Let us say so to our children, to our husbands, in our spheres of influence, wherever God gives us the opportunity to speak. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Our faith should be a faith that speaks. 
And we speak with actions, right? Not just with words. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi who said, hey, when uh, when all else fails, use words. Meaning the, the most important thing we're gonna do is the way that we live our life out. It's the actions that we take. It's the little steps of faith that we take every day to bless somebody else, to encourage someone else, to stand for righteousness, or maybe it's just you know helping that homeschool mom get that extra load of laundry folded that was gonna just push her over the edge or whatever it is. God wants you to have a faith that speaks and that is impacting the the world around you. And so I am very excited to bring faith that speaks this year to Firmly Planted Family right here in Vancouver. And we're gonna host our first Faith That Speaks conference here because A, we want to you guys to see this miracle story that God is doing right here at Firmly Planted at the Homeschool Resource Center. It is a story of hope. It's a story of freedom. It's a story of answered prayer. It's a story of victory. And we want you guys to come and see what God is doing. So come on out the first weekend in March. My women's conference this year at Faith That Speaks is entitled Shine. And we're going to ask the question, if your faith found its voice, what would God have you say? If your faith found its feet, where would God take you? These are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves in this generation. And we're going to dive into that for the Faith That Speaks conference. The other thing that I'm going to be doing, and I did this a couple of years ago for another women's retreat, was for those of you who are interested, we're going to be taking the evening and we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to make sourdough bread. So I have been uh, taking my starter and dehydrating it so you guys can actually go home with my sourdough starter. So uh, I'm excited, you guys. Uh, There's something life-giving about baking bread. I've been doing it now for three years. And you know me, when I learn something, I love to teach it. I can't help it. It's in my it's in my bones. It's in my DNA. And uh, it's going to be in your tummy pretty soon because I'm going to make you sourdough bread. So uh, so sign up, you guys. Go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the events tab. And you can sign up for my women's conference, Faith That Speaks, March 1st and 2nd, right here in Vancouver, Washington. It's going to change your life. So come on out for that. I can't wait to see you. All right, I'm going to jump into your question. Sam in Ontario. I Heidi, I'd love it if you did a show for parents with adult kids who have gotten sucked into the trans ideology. Okay, so Sam, what I wanted to, I don't have a show for you right now, but I'm actually working on a guest, on bringing a guest on my show who actually lived in the transgender uh, community. He had multiple surgeries. I mean, this was a guy who fully transitioned uh, to to living full-time as a woman and God got hold of his heart and he's coming out, out of that now and he's talking about it. And I think you're going to hear more and more stories about this. You've heard me say, you know, dozens of times over the years on the show, uh, you can't pass on what you don't possess. The only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. And I think we're going to see more and more bold truth tellers, more Riley Gaines, uh, you know, people like that coming out and saying, no, we're not going to do this. This is actually not true. And you don't have to be a Christian to understand that there are only two genders, right? But we know that this is a spiritual attack because the Bible is the one who declared that we are made male and female, made in the image of God. And so I'm excited about that. And Sam, I just wanted you to know I'm aware of that. And for the rest of you, we are looking to bring guests on the show who have firsthand experience with transgenderism, whether it's the transgender movement or maybe their parents of children who have uh, who have attempted to transition. I hate even saying transitioning because honestly, you can't transition 
from one sex to the other. It's literally impossible. I mean, you can masquerade, you can take off body parts, you can, you know, take hormones and cross-sex hormones and the, on the whole thing, but it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change that you you will never be like Heidi St. John, born a woman. Doesn't matter what I do to my body surgically or how many hormones I take, I will never be a man. And that's because God had a unique design and purpose in making me a woman. And so we're going to be looking for guests. I'd love to hear from you guys. You can reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday and uh, leave your questions and your comments there. I would really, really love to hear from you. And honestly, uh, the more that I hear about the transgender movement, the more heartbroken I am over this terrible lie that is injuring hundreds of thousands of of young people every single year. And the only way we're going to stop it is to continue to tell the truth. Stephanie in Texas wants to change churches. She says her husband and she are in a disagreement about what church to attend. Says we've gone to church for 20 years where I have felt spiritually starved and had no fellowship with other ladies. The church is very tiny. I want to honor my husband and submit to him, but I feel like our seven children and myself are spiritually dying. He is unwilling to try any other church. What do I do? Well, this is a sticky wicket for you there, Stephanie, because I can see why that would be frustrating for you. So we just had this conversation over at Faith That Speaks. So uh, I, I want to just invite anybody who's listening, if you guys are looking for a wonderful community of women who are studying the Bible, you can study the Bible with me. We are just now jumping into a brand new study. We're studying the lives of 10 extraordinary women in the Bible. Some of them you may not know their names. A few of them you definitely will. Uh, But we're going to study these women because God did amazing things through them, partly because their hearts were completely devoted to God. And when you come to a point where you're having a disagreement with your spouse, like you are, there are a couple of things we want to keep in mind for sure. First of all, I would just let, you know, I, I guess I'll just jump out of the gate and say, I, I'm validating your frustration. I can see why that would be frustrating, but it sounds like you've already talked to your husband and he's, un, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's shy. Maybe he hates church shopping. In fact, I can't think of very many people that like it, uh, but maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. But I want to remind you that God answers prayers like this all the time. Well, God answers all kinds of prayers, obviously, but little things I think sometimes we think, oh, God doesn't care. No, he cares very deeply about you and about your marriage. And so since you've talked to your husband and he's unwilling to try another church, or it sounds like he's really unwilling to even see your point of view, I would just encourage you to take it to the Lord and ask God for his help in this situation, because God wants to help you. I'd be praying specifically for my husband and saying, Lord, please bring this to his mind, how much this is hurting us and how much we want to go someplace different where we feel like we are being spiritually fed, where our family can thrive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The other, maybe another way to look at it 
might be that you start asking the Lord to help you see the benefit of being where you are. Maybe there are other people that you can invite to the church. Maybe there's a a new, uh, maybe there's other friends that God would bring to you at the place where you are so that your children have friends, so that you have somebody who's in your life that you can be talking to. And just ask the Lord to sort of buoy you up sort of in this season that you find yourself in because it is so frustrating and it can be so lonely, but you don't want to be lonely and you don't want to be angry at your husband. Uh, to me, the the fingerprints of the adversary are all over situations like this because the Bible is so clear that we have an enemy, Satan, who comes to kill and steal and destroy. And he has taken direct aim in the culture at marriages, direct aim at children, direct aim at uh, at the church. I mean, good good grief. You know, how many pastors can you name in the last two years that we have discovered, oh, hey, they weren't really who they said they were? Well, it's because the adversary is very, very busy taking out pastors, right? Why does he do that? Because he knows, the the enemy knows, if I can take out the pastor, I've got a clean shot at the flock. The same thing is true in marriage. The enemy of your soul saying, if I can take out the, the marriage, I've got a clean shot at the children. And that is what it is about. It is always about the next generation, right? Uh, the enemy is not after Heidi St. John so much because my mind's made up. I will not be moved. I know who I am. I know that I'm loved. I know where I'm going when I die. I know who Jesus is. My mind is made up. But he's absolutely after my children until they reach an age where their minds are also made up. And so we want to guard our children. So I would encourage you to guard your children against the arguing and the bickering that can happen when a husband and wife are not on the same page, particularly as it relates to something like church. Don't let that be the thing that you end up you know, yelling at your husband over or bickering about so that your children leave your home remembering that, you know, what's your memory of church? Oh, my mom hated it, right? Uh, You don't want that. Um, The Bible says that we're supposed to go with joy to the house of the Lord. And so ask God to give you his joy, his peace, his perspective for the season that you're in right now, and then pray for your husband. And if it's where God wants you to be, if God wants you to move, say, Lord, will you please just put this on the heart of my husband so that we can be on the same page. All right. Courtney in Ohio wrote in to say, I love your podcast. I've been listening every day for three years. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, I'd love to hear a podcast about teens. I've got two teens, ages 13, a girl and a boy, 15. How do you handle a teen that considers his parents are too strict and how to handle it if they hide talking or texting the opposite sex? Even though the text messages are clean, it's obvious that the girl is flirting. My children do not have social media or internet on their phones. All right. So discipline is not a popular topic in the culture anymore. Uh, and it's very clear, right? We, we've got an entire generation of people who decided, oh, discipline's not that, not that big of a deal. We're not going to do it. I read a book and I would encourage you guys to look at it also. I mean, this has more to do with the younger ones than it does with older ones, but the principles will carry all the way through to adulthood. Uh, it's called Dare to Discipline. And uh, Dr. Dobson, Dr. James Dobson wrote this a long time ago. He also wrote The Strong-Willed Child. He wrote Bringing Up Girls and Bringing Up Boys with the idea that they're different, right? We, have, we, have, we are completely different human beings. Men and women are not the same. Boys and girls are not the same. We look at things differently. But when you're dealing with a child, particularly a teen, who is, it sounds to me like, like your son is being 
deceitful to you. You just said that he's hiding his text messages. He's hiding the fact that he's talking uh, and texting with this girl. And that to me is the issue. The issue isn't so much that he's texting. The issue is that he's lying about it. And you've got them, what, 13 and 15 now. I I think there's not a moment to lose. You wait until these kids are 17 or, or you know 18, for goodness sake, and you will have very, very little opportunity to make a course correction. And so we want to be careful not to over, you know, to be too strict with our children. But if you've got a child who's lying to you, then that tells me that there is some heart correction that needs to be uh, addressed. Boundaries are very important. They're important for young children. They're important for teenagers. Boundaries are really important. If where there is no boundary, there is no nation, right? We've talked about this with regard to the geopolitical landscape that we find ourselves in here in the United States. Boundaries matter. They're very important. So you, if you are going to give your child a boundary, make sure that you you very clearly demonstrate, you, you say, this is what the boundary is. This is what I expect of you. And then give your child an opportunity to reiterate that boundary to you. So for example, one of the things that I have been working on with our youngest is uh, teaching her the responsibility is hers for getting herself out of bed in the morning. I've gotten into this terrible habit of waking my child up. And so even though she's 13 years old and she could absolutely, you know, I gave her an alarm clock and all the things, she's still just having a real hard time getting out of bed in the morning. So I went to her last week and I said, I want to communicate something really clearly with you. You are old enough to wake up in the morning by yourself. I want you to wake up in the morning. If I can get myself out of bed, you can also get yourself out of bed. And so if you wake up in the morning and it's 1130 and you notice that your mom and dad are gone and we've gone to the resource center for the day or I'm at the studio and now you don't have a ride to get to your classes at the homeschool resource center or whatever it is, well, that's on you. What happens in that situation is I am putting the responsibility back on my child. And so she obviously complained about this. And so I asked her, you know, what do you think is a very good way to help you get out of bed in the morning? Do you think it helps you when I wake you up or do you think it helps you when you get yourself up? What'll be the most help for you in the long run? She sat there, kind of wrinkled her nose for a minute. And then she was like, eh, it's probably better if I get myself up. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so think about asking your teen questions about the way he's talking to you. Do you think this behavior honors the Lord? Do you think that when you are not telling me the truth about your texting and talking to this young lady, do you think that strengthens my trust in our relationship? How do you think it impacts us? What do you think we should do going forward? Instead of, I think as parents, we get into this habit of just giving instructions, especially because that's that's really how you do it, right, with little kids. But when your kids become older, we really want to parent from a position of asking questions. And so it becomes this, this more of a discipleship mode that we're in with our children because we're asking them questions rather than just barking orders or saying, here's what you need to do. Uh, you want to really be careful not to make demands on your kids that are unrealistic, right? So uh, I think in the in the day and age that we live in, and you know, Jenny and I were talking about this just the other day, right? That uh, our kids are absolutely almost hypnotized now by phones, you know, uh, whether it's iPads or screen time or video games or whatever it is. I think parents, you know, my age at least, uh, you know, you told us twenty years ago, we just had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Well, Jenny had pointed out. You know, my generation is really the last fully analog generation, and you guys are raising right now the first 
fully digital generation. So these kids are growing up uh, in a digital age. We grew up in an analog age, right? And so lots of things I still have very much in common with my friends who were in their 70s because we had similar experiences when it came to technology. But I also know that if you make an unrealistic expectation of your child, like I am never going to let you near the internet or you're never going to get a phone or whatever it is. Uh, I'm not a fan of social media, by the way. Our daughter, our 13-year-old daughter does not have a social media account. Uh, our 32-year-old daughter, we gave her a Facebook account when she was like 13 because we just had no idea. Facebook was like a year old. We just had no idea. Well, now we know better. And when you know better, you do better. But we want to be sure that we we uh, we don't place unrealistic expectations on our teens, especially when it comes to this. I loved Dr. Dobson's advice. He says, when you are defiantly challenged, respond with confident decisiveness. Intuitively, you know the difference between irresponsibility and willful defiance. And so when your teen has thrown down the gauntlet, you must respond in kind. Dr. Dobson suggests that when children make it clear that they're looking for a fight, you would be wise not to disappoint them. So when nose-to-nose confrontation happens, it's extremely important to know ahead of time what you will do and then respond confidently. So mom and dad, be thinking in advance you know, different scenarios that could possibly happen in your house or with your uh, relationship with your teen so that you know if this, then that. So you come up with sort of, you know, uh, if this, then that scenario so that this is the way that you respond to your children, not in not in the passion of the moment, but in confidence, in maturity, and with wisdom with your kids. I remember one of my kids a long time ago had a really, really hard time with respect. And in fact, she was very disrespectful. And I remember looking at her one time and just saying, you know what, I'm going to win this thing. So we can do this. You want to do this? We'll do it. We can do it all day, all day today, all day tomorrow. I'll be here all weekend. In fact, I'm going to be here for the next 13 years of your life. So if you want to continue with this, I will win. And I wanted her to know, I love you. I'm not backing down on this. It's a hill I'm willing to die on. And what do you know? I did win. (laughs) I won the day. Why? Because I'm the mom and I had the the, the strength for that moment, thank you to the Lord, and the wisdom to know that this was something that was worth dying on. So uh, we want to tell our children how much we love them repeatedly. We want our kids to know, hey, I know you want me to say yes to this, but I'm going to say no. And then remember, you guys, a lot of times your parent, your children need you to say no, right? They need you to be that mean mom. They need you to be the mom or the dad who says, oh, hey, yeah, you're not, I can't let you do that. Or we're not going to do that with so-and-so because you recognize intuitively that's a bad friendship. That could be potentially a bad situation. My child's not ready for that. Or it wouldn't even matter if they were ready. That's a bad scenario. And we want our kids to know we love you enough to draw boundaries. Those boundaries are very important within the boundaries become the blessing. We know that God's blessings are not found outside of the boundary. Family blessings are not found outside of the boundary. The, the, the marriage boundary, the blessing of a marriage is found where? Inside the boundary. So set up those boundaries for your children and for your marriage and find out that you will thrive inside the boundary. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I'm going to come back for happy hour. We're going to answer several more questions. I would love it if you would subscribe to the Heidi St. John podcast. You'll get more content here and it will be commercial free from those pesky Spotify ads. We'd love to have you join us by becoming a premium subscriber today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you at the 
Faith That Speaks conference. And also don't forget, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage coming up February 16th and 17th. Don't wait, you guys. Invest in your marriage today. Have a great day and I will see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.